Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Hello, it's me, Ken Rundle again, and joining me this time is Natalie Wood, Yara's country arable agronomist. There's still a lot of winter to come, but already the nights are drawing out and we can start thinking of spring and those first applications of nitrogen on cereals. Natalie, no one can tell what the season ahead is likely to be really, but we do know that this time the majority of the autumn sown crops at least got off to a good start. that true? Yes, I mean, it's very different to uh, this time last year, isn't it, in terms of the growth. Um, crops were drilled into good conditions in the autumn, and that's obviously meant that we've had some great establishment and some forward crops going into the winter. So um, therefore, we need to manage those crops slightly differently to how we were thinking of the crops last year. Can be a bit more textbook. Um, yes and no. Um, obviously, the, not all crops are forward, so there are still some um, management decisions to make in terms of what kind of crops you've got. But yeah, on the whole, a lot better than last year. So given all that, then the need for that first application of nitrogen, what should be at the forefront of our minds? Um, so ideally, we want to target, say, a thousand shoots per meter squared in April, which is about 250 plants per meter squared. So since crops have put on a lot of biomass pre-winter, pre it means that they've likely depleted some of those soil nitrogen levels. So what we don't want them to do is let them run out of steam and lose that growth momentum as they start to grow in the spring. So ideally, the first nitrogen application um, should be an MPKS product such as Yaramila 52S, for example, because we know from previous podcasts that we've done that fresh P and K in the spring at this first timing gives that crop a good boost when the soil reserves aren't yet available. One of the key things, of course, is sulphur there. Yeah. Um, still in, very important. Yeah, definitely. So if you're not wanting to apply an MPKS product, then definitely we need an NS product. Um, sulphur is essential for the efficient uptake and utilisation of nitrogen. And therefore, you've got to ensure the two are applied together to make for better nitrogen use efficiency. In terms of rates, um, then obviously this depends on the crop's growth. For a forward crop that's already taken up some nitrogen pre-winter, then this first dressing will probably be looking at about 60 to 70 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare to maintain that forward momentum. Um, if a crop's looking below that target that we mentioned earlier of 250 plants per meter squared, it is slightly more backwards, then the rate can be increased, say, to 80 plus kilos of nitrogen per hectare because we know that that early nitrogen increases the number of tillers and shoots and therefore giving those crops a higher early rate we're able to kind of influence that crop growth. While we're talking about that is there any stage at this particular point when we can get some idea whether we're going to achieve those 250 plants a thousand shoots are there any early indications we should look for as to whether or not we're going to be behind the curve or pretty much on it? Well, really, you're looking for that 250 plants now. So if, you're, if you've got those plants now, um, that's looking likely you're going to have those thousand shoots in April. So that's what we're looking for in terms of uh, plant growth. And just a reminder, this isn't the time for variable rate applications at all, is it? No, not this first timing. Um, ordinarily, there's there's not enough biomass to show any variation. So if you are doing variable rate, it's much better to wait for the second and or third applications to get the, the real um, best out of a variable application. 
I suppose I was a bit glib earlier talking about conditions and slightly longer days, but of course, deciding the best time to get those applications on depends really on where you are in the countries, I suppose. And that, that's another occasion when the trusty spade comes in handy. Yeah, sure. So we want to make sure the crop doesn't run out of steam, as I've said earlier, um, and keep that end supply ready for when the growth restarts. And how do we know that the growth has restarted? So as you say, getting the spade and going out into the field to dig up some plants is a great way to, to tell if they're actively growing how do you tell um, so the, the root tips is what you're looking for and if they're a fresh white color then it shows that that crop is growing and searching for nutrients so that's a, a key um, indicator that the crop is growing so don't forget crops will start to grow at only four to five degrees soil temperatures as well so once that growth is happening that's when we want that early nitrogen for the more tillers and a bigger root system so it is important to dig deep enough to get get to those root tips because they're very delicate when you pull them away from oh, yes. the uh, from the soil particles you can lose that white that that yeah. white new, new new cells yeah i mean the the roots system won't be massive at the moment but as you say you can't just pull a plant up because you are likely to lose lose that important bit that we're looking for yeah we want to build that resilience um, because that's vital as we move towards the historically drier months of march and april so we want to make sure those roots are in place for whether the crop needs to then scavenge if we have those kind of drought situations that we've had in previous seasons. You mentioned soil temperatures there. They are something to bear in mind and to keep a, keep a watchful eye on. Yeah, because as I say, the, the crops will start to grow at those low temperatures, um, but not the nutrients within the soil aren't necessarily available. Um, if we think of phosphate in particular, then... Um, the phosphate availability at those low temperatures is practically zero. You're less than 10% available. So the, the phosphate needs to be kind of eight degrees and above to get, get that out of the soil. So, yeah, giving the fresh MPKS is, is ideal because you, you're giving it that available phosphate when it's not necessarily available in the soil. And the other thing we haven't mentioned, of course, is soil condition. Yeah, so all of this advice comes with that caveat of not to apply to wet, waterlogged, frozen soils or where there's any kind of chance of leaching. Um, we don't want to be adding to any environmental issues. So, yeah, it's, it's about using your common sense on that. Um, another point to mention, I guess, is urea. Um, if you are using urea, then, of course, be aware there are potential ammonia losses as well. That's another big thing um, in terms of environmental factors to think of. So if you are using urea, then make sure you apply it when rain is forecast within the next two to three days. What we don't want is a warm, drying soil because that's, that's going to have the most volatilization and release the most ammonia into the atmosphere then. Not a popular thing these days. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Um, I just wondered about market conditions at the moment and, and the general overall um, financial climate into which all of this is happening. Any comments on that? Yeah, so again, I guess if we look back 12 months, then the crop prices are about £45 higher than last year, um, whereas the fertiliser are, are relatively similar. So with that increased crop value, of course, the return on investment of your fertiliser purchase increases. So say, for example, 10 ton per hectare crop would be worth an extra £450. So yeah, definitely worth increasing um, the yield and investing in that fertiliser application. For obvious reasons, we focused on nitrogen here. But before we finish, are there any other nutrients you want to talk about and mention? 
Um, yeah, so when we're thinking of micronutrients, then this early timing is also uh, a key factor there. So to ensure we get the, the most out of that spring growth potential, then you could have an application of Yara Beta Magfos K in that mid-Feb onwards timing, um, or basically at the T0 timing, because that's going to help boost crop growth um, at that key timing. And then this can be then followed up with further micronutrients at the T1 application. So the magnesium does what? So magnesium in particular is important for the chlorophyll. It's, it's a key component of the chlorophyll molecule. So without um, magnesium, then the crop can't utilize the sunlight efficiently. So it's really key to keep it nice and green and make most use of it. So some very good messages there. So to round off, what, what would you say were the bullet points as far as this podcast is concerned? Yeah, so um, monitor your crop, dig some of those plants up um, to check when it's actively growing. Um, if you've got those nice fresh root tips, then you've got the green light to go with your nitrogen. Um, and obviously how much you put on depends on your particular crop's growth. So uh, make sure you're not putting on too much and make sure those conditions are right um, in terms of weather as well. Um, and then a final note, I guess, is if you want a bit more information, more in depth, then we do have a webinar coming up on the 2nd of February. So look out for that one. <laughs> we will do. Natalie Wood being clear and concise as ever. Thank you. Now we can only wait to see if the weather gods play ball and we can stick to the plans. In our next podcast, we're going to explore Yara's thinking about digital technology and practical tools to help farmers. So join me, Ken Rundle, in a couple of weeks' time for another enlightening session. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.